Welcome, everybody, once again to another episode of Writers and Fighters, a podcast. I'm your host, A.G. Ortega, and I'm a reader, a writer, and a fight fan. So every week on the show, I interview somebody in the writing world or somebody in the fighting world. This is episode 35, and I go for round two with Luis Spartan Ramirez, a pro wrestler from Laredo, Texas. He was on episode one of the show, back when I had poor audio and zero broadcasting skills, but at least now I got the audio part down. Luis is responsible for getting me into refereeing in independent pro wrestling, and so he's a friend and somebody I admire and respect. He's also the trainer and coach over at Five Star Wrestling Academy. He has some really cool updates for us, and it was really great to sit down and talk with him and hear some good news concerning the wrestling school. But before that interview, there was a lot of stuff going on in the fighting world, boxing and MMA. For example, Manny Pacquiao lost his boxing match and will probably run for president in the Philippines, and so... That's a thing that's worth talking about. In MMA, Jared Cannonier beat Kelvin Gastelum in a unanimous decision. Pretty good fight. Also worth talking about. But the most interesting news that came over the weekend was from the theatrical spectacle that is pro wrestling. So WWE had their SummerSlam event, but even bigger than that, was AEW's debut Rampage TV show where the one and only CM Punk returned to wrestling after seven years away. And he makes this return in his hometown of Chicago. And so I'd heard about this rumor, and I was excited. CM Punk was uh, one of my favorite wrestlers of the modern era. He's my favorite wrestler of the modern era, I'll say that. And then he left WWE after some really interesting programs with the likes of Cena and The Rock towards the end there. And when he arrives at AEW, he opens the show. And the crowd is hot. Lots of CM Punk signs, lots of t-shirts. And so they're chanting CM Punk at the top of their lungs as the show is starting. CM Punk's music hits. It's, it's, you can barely hear it, though. It was Cult of Personality by Living Color. But at a certain point, you can't even hear it because the crowd is so loud. It might have been the loudest pop I've heard. And it's genuine because AEW does not pipe in crowd noise or mute crowd noise like the WWE does. So it's this really, you know, we're talking about pro wrestling, and I hate to say this word, or I hesitate to say this word, uh, but it felt very real, right? There are... Moment in wrestling where the line of reality and theater, right, uh, become blurred. And it's in these moments I think wrestling becomes the most interesting. Because the, the issues that CM Punk has had in the past, as a businessman, as a person, have been quite public. They've been quite public. So the seven-year absence is, in part, explained in this promo that CM Punk does. I mean, he takes about five, six, seven minutes, I think, to get into the ring, really relishes in the moment. Crowd is going crazy. He jumps into the crowd at some point, but he does cut a promo. 
So the only thing I really want to focus on in terms of that promo was this really great line that I think demonstrates who these people are and what wrestling is. And so these people are workers and wrestling is a job. Okay? It's an art form, it's entertainment, it's all these it's a lot of things, it's athleticism, it's a lot of things, but it's a job. It's a business endeavor. And so at one point CM Punk addresses his absence. And he's addressed it before podcast interviews, online things like this. But this is, again, on stage. This is in the ring, the stage, as it were, if we're talking theater, right? He says to the crowd, he's speaking to the crowd, and he says, If at all through my journey, any of my personal choices or decisions related to my life made you feel disappointed or let down, let me just say, I understand. If you all try to understand that I was never going to get healthy physically, mentally, spiritually, or emotionally staying in the same place that got me sick in the first place. And so we know that this is a jab to the WWE, right? Not a jab to the WWE, really. It's just his truth, right? That he was unwell in several different ways and had to leave that company and the industry and did his own thing for seven years. And I think the takeaway there is that, hey, I'm human, and this is what it takes to get well. And so that becomes not exclusive to the wrestling world. Plenty of people work in places and industries and environments that make them unwell, that make you physically sick, make you mentally stressed and unwell, or make you struggle spiritually or challenge you emotionally, right? And so this monologue, this promo, again, speaking to the public, the audience, his fans, which need to be there in order for him to do his job. He has he relies on them to do what he has to do. And so I thought that was a really cool interaction and a very honest one that we can appreciate as wrestling fans, but then also look at it as this kind of life lesson and there's that stuff exists in wrestling just like exists it exists in movies right oh i learned something from that moment cool and so here i think that a lot of people pass judgment on cm punk for many many years why'd he go why why can't he come back and all these things and but that he as an individual had to make choices for himself and his partner to be well and these are the lengths that you have to go to And so I think that's a good lesson. I loved it. And then, of course, at the end of the promo, he calls out Darby Allin, which is, again, one of the youngest, coolest wrestlers out there, new and innovative, and somebody that CM Punk has not met in the ring. And that's going to be the best way to utilize him. He's 40, I believe. He's not young. CM Punk is not young. And so Darby Allin is coming up. I think that's a great way to utilize CM Punk. I think that's great. So all this to say, pretty cool return. Jim Cornette went on record saying it was the best return. It was done perfectly, and I I agree. I think it was done just right. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all this unfolds. I think CM Punk 
has found a new environment and a home for his craft that is going to be safe for him, that it won't make him unwell, and that it took seven years to find that joy and to find a workplace that's going to nurture that. And AEW seems to be doing a whole lot of things right. So I'll be tuning in. I hope you guys do too. Uh, Because, again, CM Punk, the second city saint, he is an interesting character in and out of the ring. So I'll be supporting him and his program with Darby Allin for sure. All right, y'all. Well, speaking of wrestling stuff, I figured I'd recap the CM Punk stuff because I interviewed Luis Spartan Ramirez. And he's a pro wrestler. So, without further ado, here is my interview with the head trainer at Five Star Wrestling Academy, Luis Spartan Ramirez. All right, I am sitting here on Zoom with Luis Ramirez, who is calling in from the Five Star Training Academy. He is in the gym, I can see here on Zoom. Luis, how are you, bud? Doing good, man. Doing good. Maybe tell the audience a little bit about who you are and introduce yourself, because I don't know whether to call you Spartan still or to call you Coach or or what the new gimmick (laughs) is, man. So tell the audience about who you are, bud. Uh, so I'm going by Luis Spartan Ramirez now, just kind of using my, my real name with the Spartan nickname. You know, I'm an independent professional wrestler, been doing this for 10 years now, nonstop. <laughs> and uh, I am also the head coach of the Five Star Wrestling Academy down here in Laredo, Texas. Uh, we are the only professional wrestling school down here. Yeah, that's what I've been up to for the past couple of years, training new kids, uh, helping them get into the business, teaching them the right way to do things. Hopefully keep doing that for many years to come. Yeah, we talked in my very first episode. And so if people haven't heard that, you got to go back and listen to that one. And we talked a bit about your wrestling career and stuff. But, but you mentioned that you are, you know, the head trainer of, of your professional wrestling school. And so I kind of want to focus a little bit more on that. And, and people can listen to episode one to catch up on your 10 years in the wrestling business. But I want to talk about Spartan the coach, you know. But... Before we get to that, how has life been since January when you were first on this podcast? I mean, it's been, you know, several months now. It's been over yeah, half a year. Seven months. Yeah. yeah. And so how- uh, it's been good, man. You know, um, I recently got engaged. I got engaged in December. And so congrats. congrats. Uh, thank you. A lot of that time has been spent uh, planning the wedding and spending money. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Weddings are expensive. And just, you know, uh, for half the year dealing with uh, the pandemic, you know, uh, I know it's not really gone, but exactly. uh, uh, And so it was a lot of that, you know, uh, working from home for the majority of of the time and not being able to go out and trying to figure out how to adjust my training uh, where it was relatively safe to to train because, you know, the entertainment business, uh, it doesn't stop uh, no matter what. Exactly. And yeah, but, you know, I've been slowly growing to school uh, during this time. Uh, have a couple of people that, that joined uh, because of the pandemic, you know. Uh, right. They realized, like, hey, you know what? Like, I could get sick and die, and I've always wanted to do this. And <laughs> what better time to do it than now, you know? like That's really cool, man. And so how do you like being – and I know you still – you still, like, wrestle and stuff like this, right? You're still – Yeah, I do, and everything. Yeah. With this coaching part of your connection to the wrestling world now, how do you like being a coach with your trainees versus, you know, 
working with the boys in the ring like you have been. Yeah, it's definitely different. You know, uh, I I love it. I it's a role that was almost thrust upon me. You know, to sound a little cliche, it was not something that I envisioned doing when I started it. I was always kind of a player coach with my with my coach Ben Ben Bones, uh, and that's just because of my natural personality. You know, I'm a teacher by profession. Sure. Uh, and and so it's just part of what I do. But I never really envisioned taking over for him when it happened. But uh, you know, I had this group of kids that basically begged me to train them, and I decided, you know, like I either help the, the training situation in Laredo become better or, you know, become part of the problem, you know, like, cause those kids were going to wrestle anyway. Somewhere. Right. So it might as well be under your <laughs> wing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it does change the dynamic of, of your interactions with everybody. Cause like now you're almost management, you know? Right. And so especially being a vet now, which is, feels weird to say, but I've, <laughs> I've been at it for 10 years and, you know, I think there's only one other person from my class that is still relatively active, being my partner on SmackDown, George. Right, uh, right, sure. And even he, he's not as active as I am. You know, I wrestle pretty much every weekend. He uh, wrestles every now and then. And so I'm dealing with a lot of 20-year-old kids, 20, you know, 20 to 25. Sure. Every now and then we'll get like a close to 30. And it's that's the anomaly, you know? Right. And so it does change the dynamic because they, they do look at you as like, an adult and uh, like management or they call you sir. And, and, you know, I was going to say, I was like, what do they call you? Do they call you sir by impulse or do they call you, or is it coach or like when we're training, you call me coach or, you know, just call me Louise. So don't call me Mr. (laughs) Whatever. Well, how do you, how how does that go? Tell me. I I definitely don't like them calling me sir. uh, (laughs) Just because it's different, you know, like they're not 14 or anything, but I do ask them to call me coach. And part of it is just, for me, the mentality of it. You know, like when you go to a martial arts dojo, you call your sensei sensei, right? Right. Regardless of your age or regardless of whatever, like your sensei, your sensei. And it's, it's that realization that no matter what part of your life you're coming into this, you are coming in as a student and not anything else, right? right? Like you're here to learn and you are admitting and realizing that I am under your wing and I have to listen basically. And uh, there have, I have met a little bit of resistance from one or two people that were like, but I'm older than you. Why am I going to, why am I going to call you coach kind of thing? I'm like, because you're signing up to be my student, you know, like, and so for me, it's, it's not even an ego thing. It's just, it's part of the buy-in, you know, like I need you to buy into the, to this program and, I think that's part of it. No, yeah, I get that. I get that. No, I think it's good. There's there's a different context and there's a different, like you come to me because I have a certain amount of expertise in this field. And so that should come with a little bit of, you know, uh, respect, especially in, in the culture of pro wrestling where you got to give it to get it and all that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. And so I, I that's one thing I always have liked about, being on the periphery even of the pro wrestling world that the foundation of respect, you know, goes on all sorts of levels there. And so I'm glad that you have that in your training facility. What kind of qualities do you want from a new trainee? So you mentioned having some new trainees and this and that, like what Mm -hmm. qualities do you want and who are 
the personalities that succeed? Because I know people have washed out. They have to have. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I've had uh, a lot of people that come through these doors and realize that it, this isn't for them. You know? Right. And to me, that's that's not a bad thing. I think, you know, that's part of the the training problem that we had for a while where people were let in and their training was easy and short and they go out and they stink up the joint. Sure. <laughs> and yeah. uh, and they think that they think Best that they're case good, and worst know? case they hurt themselves or somebody else, right? Yeah. And unfortunately with stuff like that, because we are a sports entertainment business, like if one person ruins the illusion, well, that affects everybody, you know, yeah, the whole show for sure. And so as far as like what I look for, I, most more than anything, I look for dedication. You know, uh, I look for dedication and perseverance. And uh, again, this buy in, you, you got to buy into uh, my training program because it is very different than anything you're going to see in Laredo. I've trained with some of the best trainers in the world and I've picked in their brains about training and stuff. And so my kids need to need to be ready to dedicate themselves and be here. One of the things I always tell everybody is like, yeah, like you might be able to go somewhere else to train, but you're never going to find anybody as, as structured and as consistent as we are here. Right. You know, we've been, we've been at it consistently every Tuesday and Thursday, six thirty to nine for the past four years. Right. You know, but yeah, as far as student goes, that's really what I look for. You know, um, every time I meet with somebody new, I ask them, what's the reason you want to get into this business? You know, and I try to get a gauge of who they are. Like, are you just a fan that was like, oh, I can do this? Or is this really something you want to do? And, you know, obviously, ideally, you would like to have an athlete and you would like to have somebody that works out. And sure. Uh, but those are the easy cases, you know, like, you uh, every, yeah, just tell yeah. Them, lift some weights. Every I see all the weights then, behind you. Just start lifting them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, but it's those other qualities. Like I said, a lot of times I get, I, I get younger kids, uh, 19, 20 kind of thing where they're like, okay, I graduated high school. I want to try this out. Like, let's see. Recently I have two, uh, 30 year olds, you know, I have a 34 year old and a 37 year old that are my rookies right now. <laughs> nice. And so they were some of those that were like, hey, like, I'm going to be 40 and I never even tried to do this. Yeah. And good for them. They're doing good. You know, like they've been with me a good couple of months. And cool. They're progressing. And so, so, yeah. That, that dedication and perseverance thing. Yeah. That like, that's, those are those things that you got to kind of come loaded with those because you're not in the position to start teaching people to be dedicated. You got to have that when you walk into my doors because this is going to be a tough training, you know? Yeah. And so I like that. You also mentioned that you've trained with great talent and trainers in the wrestling world and have taken your nuggets, your pick their brains about how to train and stuff. Who do you try to emulate? Who has a few of those nuggets that you've applied? Because that's what I do as a, you know, and you're a teacher yeah. too, right? And I, I'm an English professor and, and that, with teachers like us, like I'm like, teaching's real easy. You just think about the good teachers you've had and copy that. Think yeah. about the bad ones you've had. Don't do that, and you'll be good. Like it's, it's we overcomplicate <laughs> a lot of times. But who were those people for your moments? Or tell me, Rudy Boy Gonzalez from the Texas Wrestling Academy is one that who has been a, a bit of a mentor to me. He was one of the trainers for the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. He trained Daniel Bryan, Brian Kendrickson, Sean Hernandez. Uh, you know, he's got a pedigree under him. 
And so I've learned a lot from him. I've learned a lot from Dr. Tom Pritchard, who was the first head of WWE Developmental when they first did it. Yeah, he's very um, famous for being known for the skills of the psychology and the training and the kind of the bigger picture things. He's one of the very famous yeah. trainers. Yeah. Yeah. And he's legitimately one of the best coaches I've had in any sport. Oh, wow. Period. Yeah. Yeah. You know, looking at my wall, trained with uh, Funaki, Tully Blanchard. Great. Christian, Jake the Snake. Ricky Steamboat was one that I took a lot of psychology from. No, that must um, be a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I, what I really liked about Steamboat is like, he came ready to teach, you know, like he had a, a lesson plan. He had his notes. He had See, a notebook. Very structured, right? Yeah. And he, you know, and then he had his own examples from his work and stuff. And like, it was just such an enlightening uh, experience. Who else? Uh, Jonathan Gresham uh, from Ring of Honor. He's the, the Ring of Honor pure champion right now. Cool. Uh, got, learned a lot of great like technical knowledge from him. And so, yeah, so it's just been bits and pieces. Yeah. And, you know, I'm turning around right now because I have, uh, they're on my wall. Everybody that I've trained with, uh, we've taken photos and they're on my wall. See, that's so um, cool. That's so great that there's this knowledge is being passed down and you take these nuggets from them. And here's these moments captured on the wall where we train. I think that's cool, man. You got a cool little setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ricardo Rodriguez from, I don't know if you remember him from WWE. He was uh, Del Rio's announcer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was a, he's a great wrestler in his own right. right yeah, and sure. I, th- I don't think a lot of people realize yeah, that. Some people aren't um, aware he's a wrestler. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, we were able to bring him down here to my house. <laughs> uh, and we did our first <laughs> literal in-house seminar. And he had like just these crazy like technical things that you've probably never seen. You right. know, I, I know for sure I had it. And so I've taken a lot from him as well. And him and I still chat on Facebook Messenger and stuff. Very cool. That's always that's always funny, you know, like uh, watching him on pay-per-views and a couple of years later we're texting. No, just... that's so funny. No, great. No, yeah, I've seen some of his wrestling work, I think, on his, like, his Instagram. And being like, this guy can go. Like, yeah, he's yeah. a good wrestler himself for sure. He's re- real innovative. Really cool. They didn't ask you at the beginning, but you mentioned you were engaged, but you also got – you're also on the in dad mode, man. You got dad life. Yeah. How's dad yeah, life been to you? How's you know you talked a little bit about coaching life and stuff. That's all sounds like it's going great, man. What about dad life? Oh, dad life is great. My little girl just turned five. Wow. Uh, she's she's about to start school oh, in boy. two weeks, uh, which is exciting and heartbreaking at oh the my same God, time. Dude, you know? that's a trip. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry more than she is. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> You're allowed, man. You're allowed. That's yeah. some crazy stuff. That must be a mind bending yeah. for sure. And you know, that was one of the the biggest positives of the pandemic, you know, if we can say that. But I got to spend so much time with her. You know? Uh right. I wasn't working and uh, Amber wasn't working and we didn't her caregiver during the day is an old lady, you know, right. so we weren't sending her for a while and for sure. Just got to spend a lot of time together and it was really, really nice. No, that's good. That's good. You guys were able to uh, navigate that and uh, get that silver lining, as it were. As I was trying to schedule this podcast, you said you might have some exciting news. If you can share, you should. If you can't, I'll edit this out of the podcast. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Talk to me. It's just a verbal agreement right now, but it it is going to be 
probably by the time this podcast is released, it will have been signed and uh, released. Yeah. Uh, we have a new venue for the school, uh, a new indoor venue uh, that we'll have access to throughout the week. Uh, we're going to move all the equipment there in the middle of August. So we're excited, you know. Uh, cool, man. Cool. Are you, uh, uh, More space and stuff like this? And are you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, the biggest benefit is that it's indoors. Right now, we're doing it at my house and we, it's you know like it rained yesterday so the ring is not usable today okay uh, okay and so i do have about 20 square feet of, of wrestling padding that we that we lay out here in, in the gym and so we're still able to train and, and grapple and whatnot and you know uh any good any trainer worth their metal uh knows you know we can adjust we don't need ropes we don't need stuff like that those we, kinds of things sure yeah, but but of course it is inconvenient, you know, like not being able to access things and having to change things on the fly. So as well as, well as the wear and tear that the South Texas sun does on your equipment. No, the elements will just, yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I have to probably buy a canvas once a year. I was going to say maintenance on a ring because I was thinking about, you know, I've seen how much rings can cost and the quality mm-hmm. of the cheap ones and the quality of the good ones and things like this being out yeah. there a little bit working on them and stuff and what about the maintenance? So the canvas has to be replaced if it's outdoor and the weather a lot. How do, yes. how often do ropes have to be replaced? Or are they just uh, you recover them so long uh, as they're not ropes, busted? Uh, because they're steel cables, right? Uh, for most wrestling rings, uh, will last a good amount of time. Okay. For us, I think we're going on probably like eight years with okay. them, and just recently we're starting to notice a little tiny bit of fraying. And so it's already time to start thinking about replacing them. With now, an we indoor probably place, still though, got. I mean, but with an yeah. indoor place, like more the re- it, it'll last. It'll last a lot longer. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And you know, like wrestling and pad- padding is expensive. Right. You know, a, a lot of people don't realize like the the padding that is used. Most wrestling rings use a, a pretty thin padding. It's it's about yeah I don't know half an inch right. if that. I've seen. Uh, so. And it's a it's this rollout little uh, material. For me, I opted for rollout Olympic padding. It's uh, it's thicker, so it's it's better for our guys, you know. Especially because we are a, a training facility, sure. Uh, and so we're taking lots and lots and lots of bumps daily. So I definitely wanted to have uh, my guys and girls protected. But it, the price is definitely expensive, uh, more than the normal padding. Right. No, that's a good point. Yeah, that it's also going to be you know that it's a training ring. And, you know, I've heard, who was the famous wrestler? Somebody said, you only, you have like a finite amount of bumps you can take, right? Yeah. And you have only, you have so many bumps, you have a bump card, right? And like, so why take it on a harder surface if you have the option to spend a little bit more, but make it a little bit safer, you know? What about the planks? Yeah. Would planks last a good long while? Well, again, it it just kind of depends on, on the elements, you know? This time around, we... Bought a bunch of them and uh, we coated them in uh, like oh, wow. a sealant. Sure. So it just depends, you know. I get it. it. We do replace some pretty often, but because we use planks, we're able to replace like one at a time. You know, one of them break, sure. we'll switch it out. It's not that big of a deal. Okay. Okay. So at this new training facility, you're going to take the ring over there and all this stuff here in your garage where you're sitting here. That you guys also train and lift weights and stuff like this, right? Uh, you're gonna yeah. move that all too, or part of it? Because I know you have to lift at home. So yeah, probably not. You know, um, 
with the more and more students that I get, the ring time becomes the, the priority. I understand. Because we have a bigger class. You know, uh, when I first started, it was just three kids. Right. And so I was like, all right, let's, let me show you how to lift weights and how to train and stuff. And then we'll head out to the ring and everybody still gets a lot of reps. Sure. You know? for sure. Now we have a class of, let's say, eight. And that becomes a little bit harder to squeeze in. Well, the cool, let me t- talk to you a little bit about the venue. Please. We got this cool little place. This other promotion from Laredo, uh, some of those guys signed a lease on this warehouse, basically. It's got AC, which, as you know, in Laredo is ridiculous benefit yeah, <laughs> um, yeah yeah and so they're turning it into a wrestling arena you know um cool. they have their ring in there and they're going to rent it out for shows and they're doing trainings there all the time and so i was able to work out a deal where i pay them rent and i have uh half of the warehouse to do my stuff and as of now we're just working independently you know they're going to do their thing i'm going to do my thing on my corner and we're able to keep that stuff and Obviously, we'll be able to share resources if, if need of be course. or whatever, but that's the deal we have set up. And uh, the cool thing is that they're a little bit more Lucha Libre centered mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and obviously I'm more of the American style. Right. Uh, so we, we don't really step on each other's toes on the training that way. Yeah, for sure. The approach is completely different. Uh, yeah, I like that, that you got a space and good for them, good for y'all. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's great for the for the wrestling community in Laredo because this is a permanent like venue. Right. You regular know, um, regular shows are always good for a, a town. Yeah. And we have so many people that are, would be willing to, to rent that space out uh, to run shows. And you know, it's not ginormous where you're going to have like a thousand people, but you can have a pretty decent indie show there. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So quite involved with the wrestling and the new venue and training and all these things. Coach Ramirez over here. Yeah. But you still watch wrestling on TV? And how? And I almost want to ask, how do you consume wrestling if you do? Because you have a yeah. different connection to it than even I do. I write about wrestling sometimes, as you know. Mm-hmm. You are actively participating at coaching and stuff. Do you still watch? And how do you watch? <laughs> it, it's honestly a little hard for me to watch. Okay. Um, <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> for, for, for different reasons. One you become jaded, you know, uh, as an English teacher, you know, like you're sometimes you're watching movies or reading books and you can't help, but oh, I hate everything I down. read at, when I was in, when gave me yeah. my film studies minor, you know, in undergrad, like I couldn't watch movies and enjoy them. I was like, Oh fuck. I know how this one ends. Cause you learned the, the you learned it. Yeah. You know, the theories, you learn things. <laughs> yeah. You learn the patterns and the, the yeah. tropes and things whatnot. And all that. Yeah. And it's very much the same thing with wrestling. I would, and then also my daughter. Every time I'm watching something, she's like, "Daddy, you're watching wrestling again," and I'm like, "This is the first match I watched in like a week. What do you mean?" And then you know she'll pull me away, and we'll end up doing something. Five year old girls always win, right? There you go. Um, a lot of the, the stuff that I consume now is is my students' matches. Great, uh, you know, and so I I do watch their matches and give them feedback and you know, see where they can do better and what they did good. Also, I think the thing that I'll, that I'll watch the most is I try to watch NXT. Oh, great. Which is my favorite wrestling product out right now. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I think it's, it's real polished and it's also 
geared towards wrestling fans still. Whereas yeah, it has the, the WWE production, but it feels small. It feels tight. It feels yeah, yeah. I like it. And you know they're allowed to do a lot more wrestling than they are on the main rosters of Raw and SmackDown. So that's kind of what I because like that's the goal, right? Like the goal is to get to NXT, and then from there, well, see what happens. Right. Um, Right. So that's what I look at because obviously, you know, like you, you have to watch the product. Sure. You, you have to of because course. that's what that's what they want right now. Right. Right. So I, I've always well, that's why you got to that's why you got to read current things too. Again, as an English teacher, right? They, well, you got to read current things and stay, keep your finger yeah. on the pulse of what's happening in the world of literature. You know. Yeah. Exactly. Like I, I always thought it was funny when I broke into the business. You know, for the listeners who aren't really familiar with the wrestling business. It has its origins in, in the carnivals, and it's it's a real it's a circus. A there are parts, circus. yeah, traveling circus, and so there are parts of the business that are very carnival like mentality, you know. And so, like when I broke in, everybody was every veteran was like, "Uh, oh, you're a mark if you watch wrestling." And <laughs> it, it always, ba- yeah, and it always baffled me, you know, like how am I just a mark, uh, a fan, if I am watching the current product. The place we're all want to be. Yeah. How do you know what they're expecting of you if you don't watch? Right. Exactly. You know it. And so, like, as a coach, how can I teach the, what the eventual goal is if I'm not even paying attention to the product? Like, right. Do you ever incorporate watching wrestling as part of training? Yes, we do. Um, we do have film study sessions. Great. Where we uh, pick a match, whether it's current or usually from the past. Like a uh, classic or something. Yeah. Uh, and so we'll watch things and, you know, depending on what the focus is. In class, again, I, I very much approach it just like an English class or, or even a film study class. The topic like, is submission holds. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Topic is your comebacks. Like, and right. so we'll watch a couple of guys that are really good at it and point out the mannerisms and the, the hows and the whys and stuff like that. And we'll pause and rewind. And, and sometimes we'll do that with the kids' own matches. You know, we'll watch it as a, gla- as a class and, you know, uh, ask questions like, what do you see here? What, what, do why you, do you-, you workshop them? That's so good, dude. Yeah. You do a workshop of their matches. That's so great, dude. You're such a teacher. I love it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love that. It really is great. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, to toot my own horn, I think that's what I bring to the table that a lot of other coaches don't. Like, I've been teaching for 13 years, you know, like, uh, <laughs> I'm right. not a rookie at that. And you can overlap a lot of the creative writing, a lot of the film study, a lot of the English stuff with pro wrestling, you know, yeah, teaching, learning, uh, learning new things, the way you say, like, you know, show them something, then we practice it. That's just modeling. That's just your lesson plan. I love it, dude. It's yeah. really good. You know, I've, I've modified a lot of my creative writing uh, little activities into promo classes. Right, right. You know? that, that's where I <laughs> Yeah, let's talk about writing a little bit. Yeah, so tell me about that writing prompt for the promo. That's kind of interesting. Yeah, so we'll do different things. Sometimes I will give them a, a prompt and I will let them write it out. Yeah. and practice it and be like, okay like next week on tuesday and i do give them homework 
right. <laughs> and it's funny because it always throws students off because uh, every now and then I'm like, here's a here's a fucking handout. Uh, go do it and bring it on Tuesday. And they're like, we have homework. I'm like, yeah, you have homework. Love it. And sometimes it's like they're watching their matches and they have to analyze it and come back and tell us about it. Uh, sometimes it's promo work, you know, like this is the situation that you're in. Uh, go write a promo. Uh, sometimes because some of my students are already wrestling, I'll be like, hey, this promotion wants you to do a, a promo. This is a situation that we're doing. So let's work on your promo, you know. And then other times we'll do things like uh, I took it like, like the grab back writing, right? Where it's like a, a who, a situation, and then like an emotion for, or okay. something like okay. it. And so there's three little pieces of paper and it's at random and they just have to improv it. And so it'd be like, hey, Jay, you stole my girlfriend. So next weekend at the pay-per-view, I want you for right, right. that kind of deal. Right. No, that's a good writing exercise. I use a version of that one, you know, where you get some kind of uh, character and, a, and a, a prompt, a situation. And you got a free ride on that or, yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's good exercise and that's a good exercise. And, and that part of what you're doing in the ring on top of the physical thing that communicates something to, to the crowd is that talk before and after the fight or during it, yeah. right? And, and that you have to think about that and there's logic involved and it very much comes from the same part of the brain that works through stuff like reading writing movies you know that kind of critical thinking you know about about that communication right i think that's awesome dude i think that's awesome yeah we did a a fun one recently where i just had them reenact the movie scene i was like pick a scene i was like it doesn't have to be in your character like you can mimic whatever character you want pick a monologue pick a thing and we'll do it and you could tell the kids that are like movie buffs because they, they go all out and they're like, I've been wanting to do it. You could tell. They, they've like, been practicing like, it. They, they yeah. know every word already from their favorite movie or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, I've been, you know, I, I'm always looking for stuff like that for promo classes. Uh, I've been looking into like different drama exercises, you know, right, like right. What, do, what do drama teachers do to get their kids out of their shells? Right. Uh, so I have a few students who are pretty shy and... Uh, you know, you can't be shy in the wrestling business. We gotta, we gotta bring it out. Yeah, of you here. gotta amp it up, right? Yeah, you gotta take it to eleven, as it were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, that's great, dude. Are you still writing, or is it is uh, it is the creative kind of outlet right now? A lot of the wrestling stuff, and your energy is tied up in coaching. Yeah, that really is the most the most of the time. My my energy is in the wrestling and. You know, because I'm coaching and because I still have my own wrestling stuff, like sure. a lot of that creative energy gets funneled through there. Uh, every now and then I'll, I'll write something or I'll help somebody with some, like my friend Polo, uh, Ponches that you met, yeah, he, yeah. he's a big writer. He's the idea guy, right? Oh, like, cool. great, great, great. <laughs> uh, he's always like, I want to write this or I want that. And he's like, help me write, come up with a uh, story for this. And so like, I'll help him with writing stuff. That's definitely something I don't do as much as I would like to. Right. I think the teaching part of of the writing you get plenty of, you know, at, at work, but then bring it into the the wrestling world. I think is again that's still a way to to exercise those writing muscles. I always frame it that way in my class that these are muscles that we have to stretch, and it's not just grinding away at a short story or that novel you want yeah. to write or whatever. There's all sorts of other things. Like, I, again, there's times where I watch my favorite movie and I'm kind of watching it to study it. Or it's like, that's work to me. Like, that's yeah. I'm learning 
about character and learning about, you know, resolving a conflict or whatever. And so I, I think that's dope, man. But I would love to read some of your – did you do fiction or – do you do more fiction or poetry? More fiction. More fiction. Yeah, is I what so. I lean towards. A lot of times what, what the majority of my stuff is honestly a bunch of just unfinished like little writing prompts. Um, oh, yeah, a lot of free writing starts. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, because like I uh, – like I said, I'm, I'm so busy with the wrestling stuff that like my mind doesn't give itself time to be like, I have this idea for a novel like I used sure. to. And so when I feel like writing, I'll kind of just go to like writingprompts.com and I'll yeah. pick a random number and I'm like, okay, here we go. And I'll just kind of write for an hour. Yeah. But man, I don't think I've finished the story since college. You know? <laughs> right, right, right. No, but you've finished like, uh, you know, the creative writing that's involved in wrestling. Like I had to develop this program or at least this match and here's a story. I mean, again, I still think storytelling is storytelling. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then, you know, within your matches, you have the storytelling element as well. For sure. Yeah. Just that, again, that typical match structure is so similar to Freytag's yeah, triangle. The, the, is that yeah, what the, I think so. yeah. Like the, the plot, the, the plot map or the. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the, the three acts, you know. Sure. It's all that the, is, is uh, in a wrestling match. Yeah. Yeah. Your typical good versus evil kind of match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got your hero, you got your conflict, you got your uh, your climax, and your finish. Yeah, for sure. And so, great news with getting a venue, having a place to train. What goals do you have for Five Star Wrestling this year? Well, you know, like that was the biggest goal that was yeah, always in great. the back. <laughs> that was the biggest goal because it just it seemed almost unattainable for a long time. Um, you know the real the realty market is pretty harsh in Laredo, right. even more so than in bigger cities. So to be able to get this worked out is already a huge goal that's checked off. Uh, and so now it's just a matter of growing the school. You know, as of right now, our deal with the venue is that I use my ring and they use theirs, and right. we kind of we're separate, right? Eventually, and I did tell them, you know, I was like, I eventually I want both rings, you know, I want both rings on my training days. Uh, and, you know, I'll pay you the extra for it. And right. so I guess long story short, that's the that's the next goal, right? right to right. to have enough students to necessitate taking up both rings. Great. My goal has always been to. I don't want to say get a stamp of approval from anyone, but to like be recognized as a legitimate trainer, right? Like when, when people hear the five-star name, they go, oh, okay, like, you know your shit, you know what you're doing. And I think, you know, for the kids that I produce, I think that's true, but it's, it hasn't been a lot, you know? Yeah, dude, I think you guys are growing still and you're still getting new students and now you got a venue and you got this new goal to have enough students to warrant two rings. I think that's solid, man. I think that's solid and I think it's doable. I think it's doable because, uh, yeah, I think they got good leadership, and I think you're doing good shit, man. I think you're doing good shit. Thank you, man. Thank you. Having just having that venue in and of itself will go a long way towards that because, you know, having it here at the house is one thing, and it's fine when it's a few kids that I know. But, for example, the other day we had a training session, and there was about 15 people, and it was like I can't have 15 random dudes <laughs> right. at my house, right. you know? <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> yeah no yeah now it's time to move on to bigger and better yeah 
Very yeah. cool, man. So what social media plugs do you got for yourself and for the school, man? Uh, for me, uh, I'm most active probably on Instagram. You can find us at Five Star Laredo for the school and at LuisRMZ0 at Instagram. You know, I have Twitter and Facebook and all that. And, but yeah. I'd probably say Instagram is the most active. Uh, and if you'd like to visit the school site, it's www.5starwrestlingacademy.com. Sounds great, man. Hey, well, I enjoyed this round two with Luis Spartan Ramirez, Coach Ramirez from Five Star Wrestling. I really appreciate appreciate you, man. Uh, you're the you're the first guest, and that really meant a lot to me. Podcast is still going strong. This is round two, yeah, and I think there's going to be a round three in the future. So hopefully, you know, you, you're doing great with the podcast. I've listened to quite a few episodes. And it's cool, always entertaining. Man. Cool, man. I dig it, man. I'm. I'm just trying to, again, remain consistent. Sometimes it's tough, but uh, yeah, I'm like yeah. recording like, I think like four interviews this week and trying to get some in the can. So yeah, I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. So we will direct Absolutely. people over to your social media, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. Take care. Have a good one. All right, y'all, thanks for listening to that interview, and thank you for supporting this show. That was round two with Luis Spartan Ramirez. I hope you enjoyed it. He's a good guy, hard worker, sharp, great qualities to have in a coach. And I'm forever indebted to him because he did episode one of Riders and Fighters, and he got me in the door in the pro wrestling world as a referee many, many years ago. So shout out to Luis. If you want to keep up with him, He's on Instagram and Twitter. And the school, Five Star Wrestling Academy, is on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Links to all of that are going to be in the show details and on ridersandfighters.com. Make sure you subscribe to the show on your apps because next week on episode 36, I'll be interviewing a writer. Danica Stegman LeMay is the author of the poetry collection called Pilot. And the content of that book is based on the sci-fi television show Lost. It's a really good one, so keep an eye out for that notification. Remember to follow Riders and Fighters on social media. Share an episode with a friend if you can. But until then, y'all be good, be safe, don't take no shit, and take care of each other. We'll talk next week.